All right. Ready to do this thing? I'm ready to do this thing. All right. There we go. Hit that funky music, white boy. Welcome back to Daz Meat World, your weekly deep dive into that classic 90s show known as Boy Meets World. I am one of your two dads, Tyler. And I'm the other white dad, Brett. <laughs> yes, we are two basic white dads. <laughs> I'm anything are. but basic, my friend. <laughs> mm-hmm. I, I can't remember what movie it was, but I was listening. I, I was, There's a audiobook that I've been listening to about uh, 1999 and mm-hmm. being considered one of the greatest uh, years of movies coming out. And there, there was a, movie, a lot of good movies. Um, that the director said to the composer, hey, I want you to pretend like... I want you to write this as if you're someone who thinks you know how to do funk music and you don't. And the guy's like, well, yeah, I'm a white guy and I, that's the type of music I prefer to do. <laughs> so it's like, oh, it works out. <laughs> it's like, yes, be yourself. <laughs> I will be myself. And as I, as I tell my wife and, uh, as I tell, uh, I've got a friend that is very, very white. Uh, yes. Good looking people. I know I am quite Caucasian. I am as white as I want to be. Yeah. <laughs> well, Brett, what's new? How are things? What's happening? Well, we've got uh, our first band show is coming up at the. Uh, we're recording on a Saturday, and uh, next Saturday will be our first band show. So that's coming up. That's exciting. And I uh, spent the afternoon today uh, dusting off the old camera for a side gig doing uh, wedding photography all afternoon. Haven't done that in quite some time. So that was uh, a fun and a different afternoon. A nice small outdoor wedding in uh, Northeast Ohio just finished as the uh, rain started drizzling. So that was kind of nice timing there. Nice. Yeah. And uh, our uh, oldest, uh, Abby, has... uh, been sick pretty much all week and finally is back to herself this evening (laughs) so that's what's going around this basic white dad's house this week how about you tyler i don't think i've actually said this officially on the podcast but let's go and talk about it so i'm coaching my son's uh football team this year um yes nothing like Trying Football. to teach a couple of uh, six and seven year olds how to play a very complicated game. Um, <laughs> so yeah, uh, we had a tournament today. That was interesting. Um, they tried their best, but you know, shenanigans on one side of the field, and then just being wet and miserable is just not a good environment for little kids at that age. Um, yeah. So they just they didn't really want to be there and play. So. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. It just was what it was today. But they tried, so that's all that counts, and gave good effort. You know, Brett, I'll tell you real quick. I did something selfish for the first time in quite some time. I bought something useless that was just for me. What did you just buy? Just for me, something that would just bring, bring me some joy. Yeah? What did you buy? Yeah. I uh, I bought myself some Yu-Gi-Oh cards. <laughs> That was a spicy woo. (laughs) Easily like 
12 years since I've bought myself a, a little pack. Um, mm-hmm. And I bought, well, technically I bought two <laughs> in the past two days. But I, I, my Sarah wanted something and I was like, well, if you're going to get that, then I'm going to get this. So, but yeah. There you I was go. Like, I feel good about this. Is it useless? And was it a waste of money? Of course it was. But how often do I actually spend money on myself? Not not often. Yeah. And you know what? It's it's only useless from the outside looking at it. If it's something you will enjoy and something you will use, then it's not useless to you. And, you know, as long as it's not taking the place of something important that your family actually needs, then, hey, it's not a useless expenditure. It's just a fun expenditure. Mm-hmm. Well, I pulled my cards out uh, like a week or two ago, and I was showing my son them, and I made it clear to him of, hey, if you want to play this game with Daddy that I used to enjoy, you need to get better at reading and understanding, you know, how how you can do look at all these things so that way you can play with Daddy, because otherwise Daddy's going to crush you every time. <laughs> <laughs> And Daddy will have no mercy. <laughs> yeah. Well, we've been playing chess with each other, and Grayson's mm-hmm. like, oh, you win every time. And it's like, <laughs> yeah, because I've been playing it longer than you have. Yeah. See, you don't want to make it too easy for your kids. You know, you want that first time they beat you to be earned. Correct. Yes. <laughs> so before we transition, good looking people, we are recording on the day before the full slate of the first week of NFL action kicks off. And I just want to ask, I want you to weigh in on tape, so to speak. How is your excitement level for your Colts with your new coach and your new rookie quarterback about to take the field? I plead the fifth. (laughs) (laughs) I... Part of my excitement right now is because we have a brand new coach, Ursay is going to give him time, even if this year is a failure. We have a rookie quarterback, and every time we've drafted a rookie quarterback over the past, you know, 30 years, it's gone pretty well. Um, But at the end of the day, I don't put my hopes up too high. Because I don't want to disappoint myself and get mad. However, I will say I did draft um, Anthony Richardson onto my fantasy team. So I'm going to throw him on as my offensive player and see what happens. So <laughs> I've got Evan Hall on a couple of my benches just waiting to see what he does since Taylor's uh, sitting out. So, mm-hmm. yeah, uh, I, I got a few uh, random young Colts play <laughs> Colts players that I picked up because I was like I'd rather just in case you know if they get two points in the first two weeks I'll drop them I I love dropping players I'll be honest that's my favorite thing is just add drop add drop add drop my brother who's the commissioner used to have a limit on how many we could do and it was like week eight and I'm like hey I'm about to use all of my ad drops can we like increase the number and he's like I'll just make it unlimited there's no need like, to good. have that yeah, there's no need for that. But good-looking mm-hmm. people, you don't come here for football talk and fantasy football talk. If you do, no. we'll start one up. 
you come here for Boy Meets World talk. So shall we yeah. get into it? <laughs> yeah. Let's talk about the real heroes. Yeah. We're going to talk about the fifth episode of season three, Hometown Hero. And good looking people, this is special because this was, well, is the 50th episode of Boy Meets World to air. That's right. 50 episodes on the air. That was a huge uh, accomplishment. And honestly, in the era of prestige TV where you get 8, 10, 13 episodes a season at most these days, 50 would be an accomplishment. You'd have to run five seasons for a lot of shows to get that now. In this episode, Corey and Sean sneak into the chemistry lab and accidentally start a fire, which Corey also puts out. However, he gets more than he bargained for when he is labeled a hero. Will Corey do the right thing and tell the truth? Or will he let people continue to think he's something he's not? This episode was written by Matthew Nelson. Uh, this is his third of 19 episodes we'll see him write. Uh, he's also the writer of Career Day, uh, Fishing for Verna, Chasing Angela Part 2. Uh, uh, well... Yeah, that's the second part. That's not part two. Um, everybody loves Stuart for Love and Apartments, and the he authored the series finale, Brave New World. Directed by John Tracy, third of five episodes that he directed, including the pilot episode. Originally nice. aired October 27th, 1995, and currently enjoys an IMDb rating of 7.5. And now, if my soundboard will cooperate with me, it's time for everyone's favorite game show. Vast Emotional Damage. Yes. Tyler. Let's find out if you can avoid vast emotional damage this week. Last week's episode... Scored a 16.9 in the Nielsen rating. 16.9 million people, good-looking people, tuned in originally to watch last week's episode. This week, Tyler, what do you think it did? Did it go up? Did it go down? Did it stay the same? Hmm. Well, since um, this is the 50th episode, so technically there's supposed to be some specialness to it, and I'm sure they promoted it a good amount. Let's just go ahead and say 18.72. 18.72. You have... You suck! I'm sorry. It actually dropped down to 13.8 million viewers. <laughs> I don't remember them promoting it all as being a milestone episode. Um, yeah, it just on that uh, up and down, up and down trajectory they had for the first month or so just continues as as we get deeper into the season, as we get past football season for high school and as they start to kind of lean into, you know, they're still kind of we, we talked briefly last week how they're finding their footing, trying to find their audience. I, I've looked ahead at the Nielsen numbers. They'll balance out some, uh, at least as far. They won't have quite as large swings. But yeah, big drop from last week. But that's all I've got to set us up. Take us away, Daddy-O. Well, we start in a brand new location, Brett. One yes. we've never seen before. 
<laughs> and it, I don't know. It's kind of a weird one. Like at, you're like you're in the room and you're like, what? Where? Where are they? What's happening? And then you see Chang and he's acting kind of funky and he walks out and then he, you know, we stumble upon the gang and they're walking down the hallway being all cute and adorable and, you know, just chit chatting away and sharing photos and oh, wait. I'm sorry. I was thinking of Community Season 3, Episode 5, Not Boy Meets World. Uh, by the way, that's a great episode. They uh, end up uh, having to figure out whose partner they're going to be, and they get into a big giant fight about it. It's quite nice. Ah, yes, biology. <laughs> Yes. Uh, anywho, <laughs> actually, this works. This is a science class they're in. So uh, we meet a new teacher, Dr. Who is his name? Dr. Sorrell. And good looking people, if you think you've seen him before, you very likely have. Uh, I got to say, this is one of my favorite teachers Corey's going to have in high school. And uh, Dr. Sorrell is played by Jim Jansen. Sadly, this is the first of only two times we're going to see him. 134 acting credits to his name. He's been in just about everything. Charlie's Angels in the 70s, Highway to Heaven, Who's the Boss, Mr. Belvedere, Newhart, L.A. Law, Just the Ten of Us, That'll Come Back Around, Growing Pain, Coach, Matlock, Murphy Brown, The Fresh Prince of Bel-Air, Home Improvement, Star Trek Deep Space Nine, Hang With Mr. Cooper, Smart Guy, Step by Step. Step by Step, Day by Day. <laughs> The X-Files, Third Rock from the Sun, Allie McBeal, ER, The West Wing, Gilmore Girls, Yes Dear, Monk, NYPD Blue, Malcolm in the Middle, The Office, How I Met Your Mother, Parks and Recreation. We haven't seen him on camera since 2016. It seems he's pretty much retired from acting and he's earned it at this point. Whew. <laughs> It only took us five episodes, but we got that step-by-step -step connection and a lot of other TJIF connection uh, from Dr. Sorrell. Yeah. <laughs> That's a lot, a lot of shows. What? Who did he play in Gilmore Girls? Uh, I don't remember, but let me look. Oh, okay. I don't know if he played the, the grandpa. That's why I was curious. Reverend Archie Skinner. Oh, okay. No, no. Oh, well. What do you uh, We're in their science class. I'm assuming it's chemistry. And so um, their teacher, Sorrell, says, hey, make sure your lab reports are turned in today. No exceptions. No exceptions. No, no extensions. No exceptions. And Corey and Sean, notoriously bad at doing schoolwork, go, uh-oh, <laughs> we don't have it. Um so they're trying to figure out, well, we got to get our story straight so we know what to, you know, say as our excuse. And apparently we have the quarterback. Uh, officially, we've now met the royalty of the school, the quarterback. And he's getting a free pass to uh, not do his schoolwork. And just uh, he just accepts that everything's fine. And Corey and Sean try to see if they can also get away with it. And he goes, nope. And doesn't even realize <laughs> yes. that they're there. Yeah, we. Hey, Doctor Sorrell. No. <laughs> yeah, I I do enjoy the creativity of of Corey and Sean, where alien abductions and uh, the aliens ate their papers are going to come into play, and Doctor Sorrell just has no time for that. Mm -hmm. But Tommy, who, by the way, first and only time we're going to see Tommy, played by Michael Hanif. Four acting credits to his name, including Jag, Sybil, and ER. 
and we haven't seen him on a TV screen since 1998. I, I wonder what kind of reaction we get from you for a teacher giving the star football player uh, such a pass, um, yeah. especially with uh, your history of of Hollywood writers and how sports, uh, how athletes are treated in high school. No, this this would never happen. <laughs> like. At least from my school, jocks were not treated differently or as we referred to ourselves as athletes, but also more often than not, we were expected to do more and to get good grades regardless. Mm -hmm. Now, would it surprise me if someone didn't do what they were supposed to and they got a little bit of a pass? Potentially, but not a, hey, sorry, I didn't do the lesson. That's okay. You get an A. <laughs> like, I don't know what his degree is in, but it's certainly not uh, the same as Feeney's integrity. Oh, no. And in both of his appearances, Dr. Sorrell is a morally gray at best. I mean, <laughs> slight... principal of the school, I demand you tell me. <laughs> so, I mean, spo slight spoiler alert, but I mean, this is a 30 year old show. He wants to take Eric to Vegas to count, or is it Vegas or Atlantic City to count cards at a few episodes. Yeah. So, <laughs> uh, but this, it's, it's very fortuitous that we were covering this episode now because just last week, did you uh, – I, I don't know if you had heard about the uh, – about Riley Leonard, the Duke quarterback? No. Ah, yes. Well, good-looking people. Just very brief tangent here. Um, September 6th, last week, uh, the unranked Duke Blue Devils – their quarterback led them to a 28 to 7 upset over the number 9 ranked Clemson Tigers. And their quarterback I did know about that. Yes, their quarterback had one thing on his mind, asking for a homework extension. He was turned down for an extension. And ESPN actually got a hold of uh, the professor he asked for apparently. And his response was, the other lineman planned ahead and did the assignment ahead of time. You know, why, why would we make an exception for him? <laughs> why didn't the quarterback plan ahead? So no way, man. No extension. <laughs> mm -hmm. So I just I found yeah. it very fortuitous. That was a big story for about 12 hours in the sports uh, sphere. <laughs> well, I mean. And I don't want I don't think that the school has always done it perfectly, but Duke is one of those institutions of no, you will be academically sound. You will do your assignments. There is no mm -hmm. uh, fake classes that we put together so that your GPA can rise. Like if you get a degree from there, it's because you earned it, not you were given one. Because mm -hmm. <laughs> trust me, good looking people, when it comes to college football and college basketball, there are very questionable things that very powerful people have done and to get free athletes. And, um, you know, some people have been hurt and suffered because of the actions of the few. So mm -hmm. uh, I I'm not the biggest college football fan just because of, well, after the whole Sandusky thing in Penn State, it kind of pushed me away a little bit. But on the whole, I have I have problems with the lack of um, support and pay and all that jazz for the student athletes. So, but 
It's complicated. <laughs> but I love football. It is. I do. <laughs> yeah. So, uh, yeah. So, Dr. Sorrell clearly. Yeah, I, like, <laughs> I like how Corey then goes, it's okay, I'll ask. We have a close relationship. It's closer than student and teacher. And the next scene is, I can't believe you didn't even know my name. <laughs> yes. What does Corey expect? I mean, he's he knows he's nobody at this school. <laughs> yeah. He's both nobody and somebody always. Yes. Ah, yes. So they're sneaking in after hours. And I... I I clipped out Corey's little rant here as they're trying to find their way around the classroom uh, in the dark. Tommy, the football hero, gets a free ride for throwing a stupid lucky touchdown. Corey, let me tell you something about breaking and entering. You usually don't hang around and vent while you're doing it. He's only fooling himself if he thinks his hero stuff's going to carry him through life, though. Oh, yeah. Troy Aikman's really hurting. I'm a felon hunter. Don't push me. All I'm saying is he's heading for a fall if he believes his own height. Come on, let's just put our papers on the desk and get out of here. We are home free. Oddly prophetic for Corey. Yes. But yes, uh, Corey's got a problem with the jocks again. (laughs) Or at least this one specific jock. Well, and again, you know, we're talking sports, but it's amusing to me that they think a kid from Philly would be talking about Troy Aikman in a positive light. (laughs) Yeah. You don't realize how much those two cities hate each other. Yeah. Like, it's one thing for for Corey and Sean to be pretending to be Jerry Rice out in uh, San Francisco. But to be invoking the name of a Dallas cowboy. Mm -hmm. Mm. Yeah. Yeah. Brett, say one nice thing about the Browns. Oh, uh, I really can't right now. I can I can say nice things about a couple individuals, but I really can't about the Browns right now. <laughs> yeah, that's okay. Uh, <laughs> so, yeah, they're in there, and apparently it's dark, even though there are lights from outside. They can't find the actual lights in the room, and they're stumbling around. So one of them decides, let's light a match. What could go wrong? In a a chem lab, nothing's going to go wrong. (laughs) Yeah. Um, And, you know, they magically light a fire. I will say that's a pretty intense flame for being in a, a bin. Apparently, Dr. Strout doesn't know what he is doing because that type of flame should not happen in that area. Yeah, uh, those matches really went up. I mean, those are like some pretty special effect matches. That trash bin was full of more than just paper, and it should have been emptied by that point. Janitor Bud's really slacking. And yeah, that that. That fire really got to backdraft status quick. (laughs) Yeah, well, it it lit immediately. (laughs) Oh, yeah. Yeah, there's, like I said, there's more than just paper in that trash can. (laughs) Yeah. Um, And, of course, the guys panic. They, you know, sprint out of there as soon as possible because, (laughs) hey, there's a fire. We got to protect ourselves. And then, of course, Corey goes, oh, my gosh, the school is on fire. Mm Mm-hmm. And Sean's just like, yeah, no, it's fine. Chemicals will take care of it. He goes, no, 
if it chemicals hits the chemicals, <laughs> the school could blow up. No, my paper, I said chemicals don't catch fire. <laughs> I really want to know what this paper was about. If if Sean's concluding thought was, in conclusion, chemicals don't explode. If that was his concluding thought, what was the paper being assigned in this chem lab? <laughs> Doesn't matter, Brett. <laughs> No, but I really do want to know. <laughs> uh, so, yeah. So they run. They, uh, Corey goes back inside to take care of it. And of course, Sean's yelling up to him, hey, when you're up there, change my paper. <laughs> change the ending. <laughs> oh, gosh. They skip to the next day because... You know, this season, we skip thing to things very quickly, very fast. We spend mm-hmm. very few time in each scene. Um, and immediately, Bud's like, you, it was you. I know it was you. He goes, I didn't do anything. <laughs> he goes, no, you're the kid that saved my life. <laughs> yeah. Uh, and yeah. Corey's really confused mm-hmm. because what he thought should be getting him in trouble, people are giving him... Um, Acclamation? No. Acclaim, um, yeah. Acclaim, yes. Yeah. Um, and he's being seen as one of the guys, or the guy, or the man, whatever you want to say. You demand, yeah. And, you know, uh, it, anyone who saves my life is okay in my book. I love Janitor Bud. <laughs> <laughs> and I love how Sean has just... Sean's plan as Corey is being led away into Turner's classroom is quick rub off your DNA. Rub off your DNA. <laughs> we never claim that Sean was the brightest tool in the shed. Oh, no, Sean is not science minded. Sean is smart in other areas. It's not science when it comes down to it. <laughs> yeah. But Mr. Feeney really doesn't seem to buy into everything. <laughs> Is it safe to say, Brett, that things go from zero to 100 immediately? Mm-hmm. Like, Sean tells Corey to embrace this, and Corey returns to Jock Corey. Yeah. Corey. Um, the like, Corey. Corey just is the worst version of himself. Like, this is a cross between when he uh, cheated on that that IQ test and when he became a jock for a day, like it's like those two episodes are crossing right now. Mm-hmm. Um, and janitor bud is just doing all these things. He has a red carpet for him. He got him <laughs> a open and close automatic, uh, locker genie. Yep. Um, which is not real. Sorry. I looked into it. Not real. <laughs> um, but yeah, and they decide to throw a pep rally for him. In his honor, because he saved yeah. the school. <laughs> and Corey, Corey feels fine with all of this so far. I will give Corey a little bit of credit, and it's it's for this interaction I clipped. No, this doesn't feel right. Corey, this is exactly what you were talking about yesterday, your free ride. Tommy got lucky with his touchdown, and you got lucky with the fire. The one I started. Nobody knows that. Come on, you're always saying how you want to be somebody. Now you are. You're a hero. Initially, it is not Corey's plan to run with everything. Initially, he has talked into it. 
Now, yes, Corey does run with it, but initially I give him a little bit of credit for being uncomfortable with it. Yeah. But after he starts getting the accolades, the locker genie and the red carpet. I know you're mad at me and I didn't want to lie to my parents, but I just figured that if I told them the truth, it would have made things a lot worse, you know? Sure you're not just getting off on this whole thing? Sean, I'm just giving people what they want. I mean, I don't want to disappoint them. Disappoint them? Listen to my morning. Listen to this. Photo shoot with the homecoming queen. Sushi with Dr. Sorrell. Then I got to fight traffic to greet the new exchange students at the airport. I don't know how to make it stop. I can just tell them no. Well, I'm afraid to do that. Why? I don't want to go back to being same old Corey Matthews. What was wrong with him? Sean... I've been at this school for two years, and people still call me Eric's brother, Sean's friend, or my favorite, Hey Kid Move. That's a very important key, Brett, and mm-hmm. why my headcanon works. He says, <laughs> I've been here for two years. Mm-hmm. Now, they could be saying that this is the second year, but you don't get to two years until after two years. Because mm-hmm. it's still at the beginning of the school year. Yep. Exactly. <laughs> but yeah, I mean, initially he was hesitant, but after just a little bit of a taste, he's he doesn't want to give it up. And he blames it on other people initially. But when you get down just digging a little bit, he admits he doesn't want to go back to being who he was. Yeah. He likes the attention. Yeah, he likes it. He doesn't want to go back to being old Corey. Mm-hmm. Gee, I wonder where we've heard this before from Corey. <laughs> yeah. So uh, he ends up running into Dr. Sorrell. Um, apparently, he wanted to let him know that he gave him an A-plus in his paper. <laughs> Even though he kind of his paper was burned. He goes, I knew where you were going with it. Yeah. Like, All you can see is my name. <laughs> I saw where you were going. <laughs> mm-hmm. Uh, meanwhile, Hunter D, <laughs> chemicals do explode. <laughs> and Sean's okay with the D. He's riding Corey's coattails. <laughs> Corey's getting a free ride. And you know, we are getting very little Topanga in this episode to be a moral guide to Corey through all of this. This is a criminal episode against Topanga. And it's yes. one of the things I really noted this go around is. Topanga should not be a part of the mob. This should be an episode where she's not around. Otherwise, she would later Topanga would be calling him out for these type of shenanigans. Yeah. Topanga would have really been able to key in initially that something was not right and wouldn't have let it right. go. This, yeah, this- I, I, I have a big problem with them having her be a fangirl in this episode. Yeah. Isn't this great for Corey? Yeah, no, that's yeah. that's not Topanga. Not my Topanga. Because yeah, essentially, either he does tell her the truth or he lies to her as well, which is not good for their relationship. Yeah. So what do you think of the, uh, the pep rally? Well, <laughs> as you know, um, I don't know much about uh, inspirational speeches. But I do know that just repeating someone's name and trying to make clear that you're available does not make a good speech. I clip both Corey and Eric's messages. Do you want to hear them? 
Yes. <laughs> Let's hear Eric first. Okay, I'd like to start off with a mega big Patriots hello to all my fellow students, especially you, Christine Wingate. I see you looking at me. <laughs> Corey Matthews. Corey Matthews. Corey Matthews. Now, what can I say except, well, last week, Stephanie and I broke up, so I am currently single and available. Call me. Corey Matthews, a hero. Do you remember Stephanie? No. Doesn't matter. <laughs> but this is on, this is right on par for Eric. He didn't say I love you to her. No, he did not. They didn't go to Pottery Barn either. <laughs> I mean, this is full blown Eric being ridiculous, and I do love this. This is this might be one of the few things that really fits in this episode. Yes, this this is as much as we're into um, to is it prime Eric hair, or is mm. it yes yeah, is, is that the term that Sarah uses prime or is it another word peak peak? This is this is peak Eric. Uh, self-centeredness and I, I'm, I'm here for it yeah. uh, especially when we get to the uh, interview later on I think that's a lot of fun <laughs> it's probably my favorite moment <laughs> <laughs> well let's listen in on Corey's motivational speech thank you Tommy my fellow heroes <laughs> I've been asked to tell my story to give the football team a little shot in the arm <clears throat> <clears throat> Excuse me, there's still has some smoke in my lungs. Now you guys are playing this weekend and you're scared because the other guys are bigger than you. Well, last night, my friends, those flames were a lot bigger than me. All right. Yeah. But did I run away? No. That's right, my friends. Because if you're going to succeed in business or on the gridiron, you have got to believe you can do it. Remember, there's a little Corey Matthews inside each and every one of you. It's a metaphor. Do you have a little Corey Matthews inside of you, Tyler? No. (laughs) (laughs) I love that if you're going to succeed in business or on the gridiron. Yeah, it's a, it's not a bad speech. I'll give him that. Corey can really be, you know, a wordsmith. Yeah. But uh, it, it's just that disappointment <laughs> of like, uh, he's digging himself in deeper. Yeah. I mean, at this point, you've gone well past, uh, it's just a mistake to, you've bought into your own hype, hook, line, and sinker. There's... You, yeah. You're exactly what you were accusing Tommy of being. <laughs> yeah, no, you are being the opposite of what you were raised to be. Yeah, you, you're completely, you've lost the plot. Yep, and so uh, Sean is a little concerned. Yes, uh, Sean, <laughs> Sean is very worried about Corey's ego and buying into his own hype and... <sighs> And it's is student council really considering renaming the school after Corey? I wonder. But either way, they you know Corey reassures him it's not like he's lying to his parents, who of course 
Corey apparently didn't think that anyone would say anything to his parents about all of these accolades he's getting, that he saved the school and saved Janitor Bud's life. And no one's going to call them or tell them that their son's a hero. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Corey really is dumb. <laughs> yeah. Well, it's it's he's blinded by the attention. He is. And I, I mean, it's it's very believable that someone in Corey's situation would do that. It's I mean, it's not like I'm saying it's outside the realm of possibility. It's a very believable thing. I'm just saying Corey's dumb. <laughs> yeah, it's not a good look for him this episode. That's for sure. Oh, no, not at all. <laughs> yeah. So, of course, right after telling Sean he's not going to lie to his parents, he does. Immediately. He, immediately. He is so far gone. <laughs> yeah. Uh, I, I don't even know how to respond to all this, Brett. <laughs> <laughs> well. After Corey shares about not wanting to go back to Hey Kid Move, Eli and Jonathan show up. Yeah, Eli and Jonathan are very suspiciously supportive and just... I don't know if they're playing into it all. Like, if they think he did do something wrong, or they're just hope, believing in the best of him and just assuming, hey, if Matthew said he put the fire out, I believe he put the fire out. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I mean, I don't see anything in their performance that they're in Mr. Feeney's camp that they're suspicious at all. I, I see their performance as being there along for the ride. Right. Well, and it's it's one of those episodes where it's all through Corey's perspective. It's only through he his interactions he's seeing with people. And mm -hmm. I don't mind those episodes when we do it because then it you don't know where everybody else stands cuz so many episodes you will have, you know, what uh, what's Feeney going to do about this or what's Turner going to do about this and and the struggle that these adults have. And this is just in the mindset of as a teenager, I'm lying. And I know it, I'm lying. My best friend knows I'm lying, but apparently everybody else doesn't realize I'm lying. Mm -hmm. Yeah. On the plus side, I am glad to see that Eli, even though he was fired from the uh, role of a news producer, uh, he does still have some friends in the industry and he's able to call, make some calls and some, make some connections and get Corey onto the evening news. Yeah, that is kind of cool. Yeah. And, of course, when Corey uses his locker genie to save himself the trouble of banging his head into his locker. <laughs> Famous people. They're all weird. Uh, I love you. Eli's got a couple of nice zingers in this episode. He's, he's just. He really does. He's there. I love it. <laughs> and Feeney wants to hear the whole story. He's looking forward to hearing the whole story. Yes, he's very intrigued by what Corey is going to say is the real story. Yep. Yeah. I do love that Corey does call into a uh, a help number <laughs> to try to get some advice. <laughs> and <laughs> talking about courage and uh, Corey says his name is Gomez. Gomez. And uh, she goes, if you need courage, there's going to be a story in Philadelphia tonight about a boy who... <laughs> 
saved his school from a fire. <laughs> what? I stay. I was on hold for forty-five minutes for that. <laughs> well, back then they charged you for every single one yes, of those they minutes. Did. Too. This was guarantee you. This was a nine hundred number, not an eight hundred number. A nine hundred number. <laughs> charged by the minute. Good-looking people. So not only did he lie to his parents, he's running up their phone bill. <laughs> yeah. So they're in the uh, the boys' room, and, you know, Corey's kind of, he's spiraling now. He's officially mm. in spiral zone, and <laughs> Sean's with him, and he's like, hey, why don't you come on TV with me? And he goes, be on TV and lie? I'm not crazy. <laughs> now, I, I do want to give Sean some credit here, because he does show some maturity. He admits that he's partly to blame in telling Corey to ride the wave. Not mm-hmm. mature enough to be willing to go on TV with Corey to own up to his part in encouraging to, but at least showing enough maturity to say, you know what, I'm, I, I've am i got some blame to share in this for putting you in this position and giving you bad advice. Yeah. <laughs> yeah the very true statements. Yeah. But we also get to see some of Eric's... Uh, subplot for this season of wanting to be a weatherman. <laughs> yes. Because Eric comes out in a suit <laughs> and uh, is talking like a, a weatherman, Brett. Mm-hmm. You know how teenagers do. Well, of course. He's gunning for Rich Herrera. <laughs> yeah, he's gunning for him. Even though, you know, he's clearly that's a man and Probably went to school and has training, and Eric is just a high yeah. schooler. But Eric just sees him as a winning smile and a head of hair. <laughs> yeah. That's all you need. That's all you need to be a weatherman. <laughs> Gosh. Okay. I'm just going to throw it out there. This is a weird headcanon. I just thought of it in the moment. Do you think that when Eric was a young kid, someone like a grandma, potentially the one that's constantly in and out or the one that we never see or Nana Boo Boo or someone just said, oh, weathermen are just have a nice smile and a good head of hair. And Eric's like, I could do that. I think that's quite possible. Probably right after he got off of that roller coaster. Could be. Uh, (laughs) (laughs) So, yeah, uh, we're spiraling because there's TV people downstairs. Parents are all dressed nice. There's no Morgan to be found. Oh, no, no. She's still locked in her room. She's been a bad girl. (laughs) They're not going to put her on TV. They've mentioned her, but in this, they have not mentioned her for whatever reason. She is MIA completely. Whatever she did is bad enough. They don't want her on TV. (laughs) Mm Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. But uh, yeah, I mean, there's grips, there's sound guys, there's camera crew. Jonathan and Eli are both there. And uh, did, did you like the rundown of uh, from the TV anchor of what is going to happen or the reporter of what's going to happen? <laughs> oh, yes. Connie is just Connie is something else. And <laughs> I. I I do a lot of work in my day job of um, having to prep people for uh, recording them on camera or for recording them in a podcast with an interview format or other type of media production with them being the focal point in such a setting as this type of a setup. 
I -hmm. have never tried to jam so much information into such a short amount of time as Connie did in those 20, in those 14 seconds. (laughs) Yeah. Let's talk about Connie for a second. (laughs) Because I just... Okay, you know, ask them a couple questions. We love them, we love them, we love them. We'll go to break. We'll come back. Uh, while the hero march in, flame, flame, flames. We load up the van. We're drinking by nine. <laughs> well, not the, not the, not the kids, <laughs> not the children. But yeah, oh yeah, Connie is. I kind of want Connie to come back, but at the same time, I'm kind of good. We don't. <laughs> yeah, she's a lot more tolerable than the snooty woman from that academy yes and i think what griff told joey applies here when i look at you the words small bites comes to mind small doses, small doses. comes to mind <laughs> well connie is played by deborah Harmon. Uh, it's her first and only appearance on boy meets world so yes we won't see her again 49 acting credits to her name uh, you might have seen her in MASH, The Facts of Life, Night Court, Growing Pains, Married with Children, Caroline in the City, the Clueless TV series, Pretenders. I recognize her the most from Just the Ten of Us. She was, if you ever saw Just the Ten of Us, she was the mom in that one. Just the Ten of Us. <laughs> no, that was nowhere near their theme song. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah, but she meets Eric and she goes, oh, you're quite handsome young man and eric is, is putting the on the charm and trying to uh, talk like a weatherman and just it is it's ridiculous <laughs> it's it is negative 17 outside <laughs> i know it's october but really <laughs> yeah oh goodness um so yeah, they start the interview and they're they're trying to talk to Alan and Amy and Eric keeps getting in the way and uh, being a showboat and finally Alan just goes, go to your room. Yes. Now I have two things to say about all this interview. Uh, one is I really like the acting choice to have Alan kind of be un, unsteady on camera where he's kind of unsure of his words. A lot he's of times, uncomfortable. yeah, a lot of times on TV, you'll see characters just kind of be really natural in front of a camera with a microphone in the face when they're being interviewed. That's not normal for most people. Most people are going to yep. be like Alan, where they're kind of, even if they've rehearsed it in their head, they know the question's coming. They know how they want to answer that. They're going to stumble over their words for a second. I do this stuff for a living. I see these people all the time. I give them questions right. ahead of time, and they still take two or three takes to get it out right. So yeah. it's, it's it's nice of me to see someone make that acting choice. And the other one was, I really love the way that without realizing, without intending to, uh, Amy manages to send that last dagger into Corey that he needed to come clean. And I clipped it here. Has being a hero changed, Corey? Well, you know, Connie, I've also got some birthday wishes. Gorgeous Edna Stein is 100 years young today. Happy birthday, Edna! Eric, go to your room. Uh, Dad, this is live TV. I don't care. Uh, Back to you, Connie. Go! Kids. <laughs> you know, going. you asked him uh, if Corey has uh, changed now that he's um, a hero, and you know, I don't think so. 
I don't, I don't think so. That's what's so great about Corey. He's still the same sweet, wonderful kid he always was. Well, you have to understand, Connie, that, that, that Corey didn't do this to be a hero. He did this because it, it, it was, had to be done. I mean, for Corey, doing the right thing, that's what makes him special. And we'll be right back with Corey Matthews himself after this weather update from our own Rich Herrera. You have to wonder if, on some level, they wondered. Not that they know for sure, but in the back of their head... You know, if they, I think that's the part where they're most confident in of, we know we want to say these words. And that's when Alan kind of got a confidence. But if we think back to last season for career day, Alan struggled. Why? Because Alan's not a public speaker. Mm -hmm. He's a guy who goes out, he does the work and he doesn't, he feels very uncomfortable to talk about what it means to do the work. Mm Mm-hmm. Yeah, and it's very so possible. Yeah, it's very possible, and we have seen that in multiple episodes, they're able to pick up on something being wrong with Corey, even if he's not displaying it in obvious ways. So it's very possible, even if it's just at a subconscious level, they they have picked up on something being wrong, and that this, even at a subconscious level, is them either trying to reassure or trying to get to the root and remind him that he does what's right because it needs to be done. Mm-hmm. I agree. Um, yes, but getting the reaction of Eric being upset because <laughs> he could not swoop them off to be able to now become the weatherman. Back to you, that's Rich Herrera. <laughs> And good looking uh, people, go go back and watch and pause it when Eric's yelling. You'll see a nice little face that Alan gives that uh, <laughs> that that Rusty gives. <laughs> mm-hmm. uh, but I love that we are now in the backyard, and uh, yep. Feeney mm-hmm. is giving some sass to the producers because some of their cords are on his plants. Mm-hmm. That yeah. always seems to happen. Whatever's happening at the Matthews is, is always affecting one of his plants or flowers from a real world standpoint i don't understand why they need to come around the back through the kitchen just to get into the living room you know i mean through the neighbor's yard basically <laughs> yeah but i will say brett if we pay attention and we notice because the first scene we're really having in the backyard where feeney and the matthews are interacting any of the matthews and what do we see this go around with the fence oh uh, you'll have to lead me on this one <laughs> The fence has officially been opened. Ah, yes, it has been. So as we've had so far, just a straight up fence and we've had Mm -hmm. people like Eric hop over it. Turner Mm -hmm. has walked over top of it. This is the first time we're seeing there's a latch and it opens. So whether it's always done it or they just thought this would be a nice addition this year to get Feeney more involved with the Matthews on personal level. Mm -hmm. But um, yeah, they... Officially, there's a gate there, and it's open. Mm-hmm. And I think it's a symbolic thing, Brett, of Corey has concerns. He's walking out there, and Feeney's door is wide open to him. Yeah. Yeah, I did pick up on that door being open for him. That That's just that one last barrier that he needs. And, I mean, I love a good Corey Feeney fence talk, and this one ranks right up there with them. And, of course, mm-hmm. you know, I had to clip it. What is that, anyway? Well... 
different things to different people, I suppose. A firefighter can be a hero. I know a man who worked in a factory for 30 years at a job he hated. It was the only way he could support his family. I felt that he was a hero. Sounds like one to me. But to me, a real hero is someone who does the right thing when the right thing isn't the easy thing to do. You know Mr. Feeney, don't you? You've known all along. Mr. Matthews, I don't have enough facts to make trouble for anyone, if that's what you mean. You have an interview to do. I don't have enough facts to make trouble for anyone. Mm-hmm. I mean, Mr. Feeney's got his suspicions, and in his head, he knows there's more to the story that's not being told that is not the heroic account that's being shared. But he doesn't have the information he needs to make that final accusation. It's kind of like playing a game of Clue. You got, you know who it is. You know where the, you know what weapon was used, but you don't quite know what the game was. You can't make that last accusation. Uh-huh. And I love, I love how that's how he ends it. That he's not interested in making trouble. That he's more interested in knowing. But I also love that little dialogue about what it is to make that makes a hero. Because, I mean, that's a word that gets thrown around so much that tends to lose context and it tends to lose a lot of its meaning. And we mm-hmm. tend, we, we often think of heroism as being this monumental thing. And, and we look to those people who are heroic, that are, they do things that are so far outside themselves. And those people are heroic. And they do heroic things. Mm-hmm. But when we focus only on that, we lose sight of those what we would perceive to be smaller actions that are just as heroic because heroism is merely going beyond yourself. And mm-hmm. I love, I love Feeney's definition of doing the right thing when it is not what is easy. Mm-hmm. Well, if I may, as we're talking about sports, um, one of the things I like about the story about the Duke that you brought up was that the linemen in his class were able to figure out how to do the assignment so he didn't need an extension. And that is the life of a lineman. It's a person who willingly signs up for it to be a protective role and to make sure nothing happens to the quarterback and give space for the running backs. And, you know, you see sometimes when guys will do a cheap shot on somebody. Who's the first person to defend whoever got cheap shotted? It's the lineman. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, you're going to see. Uh, you know, this is our as this is coming out. Uh, people already know this of if they watch sports of the the biggest plays, the top plays, the best catch, the best touchdown throw, the best you know uh, rushing touchdown. You know, I mean, the Lions game was on the other day, and they talked all about you know the quarterbacks and what they were up to and everything and different plays happening and one thing they didn't talk about is how the lions offensive line and defensive line were dominant in the game Mm -hmm. and most often when the lines are the dominant force in the game you're you're able to do well yeah and typically the only time you hear about the lines especially the offensive line is when someone's made a mistake and not done their job yep yeah just for Uh, example the chiefs game thomas uh (laughs) he was 
on one time on a thing and he's no it was mark schlereth i'm sorry another famous offense line but he was just you know Mm -hmm. what's annoying to me is i can line up against a guy 80 times in a game and i beat that guy 79 times in the game but one time he beats me and i'm considered a failure for the game Mm -hmm. it's either i'm perfect or i suck yep and it's it's tough it's just it's a thankless job and there are so many thankless jobs in this world and so many thankless roles in this world where those people do have their their times where they rise above where they are heroic in their roles in their jobs in their positions and we might not even see that um mm-hmm. and we might not ever see a lot of the heroism that goes around in the world today and mm-hmm. the world around you and good looking people. I, I would encourage you to look around you if you don't see any heroism around you because you might be missing out on a lot of it. Mm-hmm. There's a, there was a song that, uh, by, uh, it's by a band called super chick, uh, kind of a pop punk band that's called hero. And it's their, their definition of hero lines up pretty much identically with what Mr. Feeney describes here. Uh, if I can find a good link to it, I'll include it in the show notes for you. Good looking people. Yeah. Cause it's, it's worth a listen. Yeah. But I like how Alan and Amy come out and they say, come on, buddy, it's time. And he goes, no, I have to tell you something first. And they're like, okay. And you know, he tells them and they take it wellish. But you they, can see immediate disappointment. Yes. I mean, they, they're a very balanced. They, they are disappointed. They're upset. They're angry. But they do not take it out on him. It's a very well-meted out response. Mm-hmm. Uh, they make it clear that, well, we need to go tell them that there is no story to tell. And by we, I mean you. Yeah. <laughs> because Which you... I got it. I'm throwing it out there, Brett. Just call me crazy. But I personally feel like it would make more sense to have a interview done that's like pre-recorded instead of live. Oh, yes. For this type of situation. And if you're going to do a live, you bring that person into the studio. And in the studio, you go, tell us what happened. Mm-hmm. But like just this whole rigmarole, I know it's episode has to episode, but I'm just like in the real world, why would they do it like this? Yeah, I mean, you you see that a lot more today, especially um, in 1995. Yeah. I do give a little bit of of grace here because outside of major, they call this Philadelphia tonight, but outside of major productions like. 2020 or world news tonight or any of those other major network stuff you didn't see a lot of pre-produced packages like this that would have been uh part of that major package uh, major program so i give a little bit of grace to it being live but it in in a logical sense it would have made a lot more sense for it to be a pre-produced piece yeah yeah. My best guess, my best yeah. guess is, in a it, it, in world, the producer wanted to just make it a big thing, and the, it just happened. They wanted to strike while the iron's hot, so to speak. But yeah, it mm-hmm. would have made a lot more sense for it to be a pre-produced piece. 
Yeah. Annoying. But yes. And you know what? I completely support Alan and Amy by making Corey be the one to tell Connie that uh, the interview is done. Yep. Me too. Um, <laughs> by we, I mean you. Uh, but, <laughs> yeah. you know, I... I Corey and, Sh- and Feeney give each other kind of this look of, you know, like, okay, things are going to go back to a normalcy now. And I like that that uh, Mr. Feeney gives Corey credit and that he's lets Corey know that his character, from his perception, that Corey's character is heroic. Mm-hmm. Even in the midst of also, all of this crap. Seems that, tomorrow. Yes. Even in the midst of all the crap he's put everyone through by lying to them. He saw heroic character in Corey, especially in this moment. And by the way, you're painting tomorrow at school on a Saturday because yep. you screwed up and you've got some, uh, you, you got to make some amends here. <laughs> yeah. Uh, <laughs> but of course, Janitor Bud's taking away the locker genie, takes Mrs. away his Fraud. remote, takes away... <laughs> Uh, Topanga's remote, because we forgot to mention that the locker genie, there's two remotes, one for him, one for the wife. Yes. Yes. And yes, you save my life. But Feeney signs the checks. <laughs> yes. Uh, but Corey's got his his best friend, his girlfriend, and he gets his old name back because Tommy says, hey, you move. <laughs> yep. Yeah. And of course, uh, Tommy runs into Dr. Sorrell saying, hey, I got practice. Do you think? Oh, don't worry. You got an A. And won't accept a doctor's ex- uh, a, a note from Corey's mom about a doctor's appointment he has tomorrow, which funny joke. But I know Dr. Sorrell's a morally gray character, but. Just for a moment, good looking people, any teacher that would refuse a doctor's excuse for anything should be brought up before the school board. <laughs> yeah. Well, and that's why you you take things to the office, not to a teacher, because exactly. the office has the authority to say this child is allowed to leave because they have a doctor's appointment. Exactly. That's why you don't bother with Dr. Sorrell, especially when he just yeah. says no. <laughs> it's just, just kind of like old western type lifestyle they have at this school for whatever yeah. reason where teachers are these crazy characters and except for the groovy teacher and every classroom is its own town yeah <laughs> mr feeney so. is just like the uh the marshal running from town to town hey dr sorrell no <laughs> well brett that is an episode of boy meets world that is an episode of Boy Meets World, and I think it's time for us to learn some. People, 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 people. Am I the only one who read the summer reading list? Deep dives. Okay, so let's talk about different types of fire, Brett. Ooh, fire. Oh, th- this would be a perfect one for Dean Pelton to come on to. Fire, fire. <laughs> We have the class, we have the fuel type, how to suppress, and fire extinguisher type. So we have class A, which the fuel type is ordinary combustible, such as wood, paper, fabric, you know, your typical, like, fires that you do, like, out back, you know. 
how to suppress, uh, use water, fire extinguisher that uses water or a foam, fire blanket or sand or dirt, fire extinguisher type water foam, class B, flammable liquids such as gasoline, oil, alcohol. Now this would be what I would call a redneck fire setup. So one of the things you got to do is you got to turn off the power and use a fire extinguisher that is specifically designed for such of a class, such as a carbon dioxide or dry chemical, foam dry chemical, carbon dioxide, class C, electrical equipment such as appliances, wiring, or circuit breakers, you know, a lot of our uh, Christmassy type fires that will end up starting because of people, you know, having faulty wiring that they put up once a year that uh, isn't good for them anymore. Using a wet chemical extinguisher that creates a foam-like substance turns off the heat source and evacuate if necessary. You need a carbon dioxide dry chemical fire extinguisher. Class D, flammable metals such as magnesium, titanium, sodium using a dry powder a powder extinguisher containing dry powder sodium chloride graphite powder for the extinguisher and then cooking oils and fats using wet chemical extinguisher that creates a foam like substance turns off the heat source and evacuate if necessary and the type of extinguisher is a wet chemical those would be like our cooking type fires like grease fires and those are considered a class K, and I'm hoping it's K for kitchen. (laughs) So, Brett, we may be wondering, uh, detention on Saturday morning, what is that nonsense? And do they still do it? Uh, Apparently in some schools, yes. It's still an option that's available to them. Detention Saturday morning at the high school level means that students who demonstrate a pattern of misconduct or misbehavior can receive a Saturday morning detention by an administrator. Now, at our school... Uh, We typically will do ISS, in-school suspension, as a way to, A, they're at the school, they're doing schoolwork, so they're not just at home doing whatever they feel like, and thus, you know, not really relying on, like, a Saturday morning situation. However, I will say there's a movie that came out a few years ago called The Power Rangers Movie, and they all met at a Saturday morning uh, detention. Fun fact. I bring this up because I really don't have that many fun facts specifically to this because the subject itself is kind of, here's the thing, we solve the thing, we move forward from the thing. Outside of looking at like the different type of Philly productions around the area, which I couldn't get to. So I thought, why don't we look at the Saturday morning cartoon lineup? Because we talked about this before that all Corey did in sixth grade was he watched cartoons. And so why don't we go ahead and just take a shot at a moment, Brett, and just talk about some of them. Okay. Being that he is in high school, I don't think Corey's really waking up, say, before 930 you know, there. I mean, there are a lot of different things. Like at eight, there's the Adventures of Madeline, which I have no idea what that is. Adventure of Hype Man. Where in the world is uh, Carmen San Diego? You don't remember the the little girl in Paris who goes to school that, that every day the girls walk in two straight lines. The new Adventures of Madeline. Is that what you're talking yeah. about? Yeah. No. Nope. <laughs> uh, Animaniacs. At eight thirty, there's a Free Willy show. Apparently. Yes, there was. I remember that one. Mask Rider. Corey's definitely an Animaniacs kid. Mm -hmm. The Sylvester and Tweety Mysteries. Nine o'clock, Dumb and Dumber. 
Aladdin, The Mighty Morphin Power Rangers, Saved by the Bell, New Class, Animaniacs again. So he could be waking up around 9 o'clock so he can get a little Animaniacs in, but he could be flipping over to Power Rangers too because he could still be into them a little bit. It would be weird for him to see some of his classmates in Saved by the Bell, the new class. It could be. (laughs) Bump in the night? No idea what that is. Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles, which we talked about, that Corey was into that show. Pinky and the Brain. And then, of course, we go over to uh, Fudge. Don't know what that is. The Mask. That's a good one. The Spider-Man animated series. That was a fantastic show for its time. Freakazoid Reboot. Not sure what that is. Uh, Reboot was pretty big on ABC. Reboot was one of the first fully CGI animated series on the American shores. Oh, cool. They actually premiered on TGIF, if I remember correctly. Cool. Bobby's World. (laughs) The 11 o'clock lineup. So we got the Bugs Bunny and Tweety Show. Apparently that ran for an hour. Wow. The Twisted Tales of Felix the Cat. Life with Louie. And NBA inside stuff. Uh, (laughs) Ah, yes. Trying to get kids into the NBA. (laughs) Yes. And then we get to, again, Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles. Go again. And then the X-Men. Yeah. So... I say nothing else really comes up after that. So yeah, there's a g- really good lineup in the '90s right now, and mm-hmm. uh, give or take, depending upon my ability to pay attention, I guarantee you, I was watching a lot of these shows. Yeah, I just was more of a passenger because my brother would have been in control of the TV in the morning. So yeah, a lot of good stuff at this time. If Corey is a teenager still watching, yep, I remember a lot of these. I was still watching a lot of these. Well, and that's the thing is this is. Their generation, I guess technically your generation, is the first one that was like, no, these shows I watched as a kid, I like them and I want to continue to watch them. But yeah, those are the deep dives, Brett. All right. So let's talk about what we learned. You know anything about the Odyssey? Huh? Did I say you could talk? I didn't teach you that. My friend, Mr. Matthews, will lead the discussion. Do I have to draw you a picture? Yes. So what did we learn this week, Tyler? Well, I think as an adult, I learned that I need to be cautious and not just take every word my students and young people say to me as gospel. Mm -hmm. Um, You know, not that I think that any of the adults were doing anything wrong necessarily, and you want to believe that they had the best intentions but like Feeney was the only one really seeing past it in the adults we were interacting with um, I think Amy and Alan were maybe a little suspicious but they also didn't want to believe that their child would straight up lie to them about this mm-hmm. um, so yeah just you know uh, I like Turner and uh, uh, what's his face Eli. Eli but I think they are a little too trusting of Corey and Sean. And so Feeney being a little more, even though he's involved, he's a little more laid back and he's not as deeply involved in their personal life. So he has room to be skeptical. Mm -hmm. Yeah. What did you learn, Brett? Well, I'd say from the adult perspective, uh, I know I've shared it before. Trust, but verify lines up exactly what you were saying. 
from the more broad perspective, be honest and you won't have to worry about lying over and over and over. But to go deeper than that, own who you are and you won't feel the need to lie about who you are and create problems for yourself and everyone around you. Just own who you are. You're going to change year to year. You're going to grow and become a different person from year to year. I mean, every seven years, give or take, you'll shed every cell in your body and you are literally a different person physically. You're going to grow and change. Own who you are right now. Be content with who you are right now. Be comfortable with who you are right now. Even if people in the world, some people in the world know you as, hey, you move, own that, be comfortable with it, be content with it, and you won't feel as great an urge to make problems for yourself and the people around you by needing to create this new reality. Yeah, it's, I agree. It's easier said than done. I know good looking people. Trust me, I was a teenager. I, as an adult, sometimes there is that urge too. But if you can own that, if you can own what you are, who you are, it makes it easier to avoid. Yep. I agree. Yeah. So. I'm right? No, you're exactly right. So am I done with my education? Can I go? What kind of a grade should we give hometown hero, Tyler? I am a firm believer we both should give this a C. A Just C? straight up C. It, it's This is one of those episodes where there's a lot of good, but there's also really, really bad leaps in logic. And all of it boils down to the good and the bad out. Like, they kind of they kind of uh, equal each other out to just being a C. And I think that's okay. <laughs> I actually give it a B plus. Well, well, yeah. I didn't expect that. Yeah, I mean, there are leaps in logic, and it is not the last time, it is not the first time that we have Corey creating problems because he's not content being who he is and he wants to be someone special. Right. However... Anyone who's listened to this podcast for more than two episodes knows that I crave consequences for Corey's actions when he does this. And there's a lot of episodes where we don't see that. But we see Corey get direct consequences by having to be the one to own it with Connie, by getting direct consequences with Mr. Feeney, by having to get in detention the very next day and have to physically take care of the damage he caused. We see him reverting back to his status before we see the red carpet gone. We see the locker genie gone. We see bud grateful for, yes, he did save his life, but you know, that's what you get. You're Mm -hmm. grateful for that, for what you actually did do. But we also get this fantastic message from Mr. Feeney that speaks volumes into a young man's life that is desperately searching for what does it mean to stand out? What does it mean truly to be a hero? I know I'm not, but what does it mean to be one? Mm -hmm. And we see Sean own up to being at least partly responsible for it. And even in the midst of all this, Sean worries for Corey throughout the whole thing. Sean knows that he's responsible for sending him down this path. 
And Sean owns up to at least in part that he's responsible for giving the push. Yeah. So I, I go with my B plus because even though we've got all those issues with it, we actually see the consequences come about and we get this fantastic fence conversation with Mr. Feeney. Yeah. I see no problem that whatsoever. (laughs) All right. So Tyler, you've got a dad joke for me, don't you? I do actually. So Brett and, uh, uh, the good looking people out there. I have a football joke for us Ah. because it's football season officially. And I think you're going to appreciate this one, Brett. All right. Lay it on me. What, what do you call 53 millionaires uh, around a TV watching the Super Bowl? 53 millionaires around the TV watching a Super Bowl. Rich? <laughs> the Dallas Cowboys. <laughs> I love it. <laughs> I figured you would. And that good looking people, that might be the biggest laugh you've elicited from me for a dad joke in a while. <laughs> You're welcome. (laughs) That is our episode this week. We thank you for stopping in and listening. And you can check us out online after the episode. Find us on social media at Dad's Meat World, on Twitter slash X, on Instagram, on Facebook. We put out lots of stuff for you to interact with. We'd love for you to leave a comment and give us a shout out. Send us an email at dadsmeatworld at gmail.com and leave us a review. We'll read them. We will. We will. I didn't check before this recording, but I checked a couple days ago. We didn't have any. (laughs) Send uh, them in. We'll read them. We will read them live on air. We have read them a couple times before, live on air. And uh, you can also uh, leave a review, a five-star rating on Apple Podcasts. That helps other people find us and uh, enjoy the dad-licious goodness that is Dad's Meat World. (laughs) Dad-licious. That's right. Don't make us call a gubwa. <laughs> no. I just don't make us do this again. They want you to take the rules. And that's all of my selling points. <laughs> yeah. Well, as always, good looking. We'll see you. We'll see ya. You know, how can I learn so much every week and still be so stupid? You can find Dad's Meat World on Facebook, Twitter, and probably a few other places just by searching for Dad's Meat World. Dad's Meat World is a production of Head First Studios. Head First Studios, tell your story. They tried, so that's all that counts, and gave good effort. Um, but yeah, I, uh, um, oh man, I am blanking on the band now. <laughs> I used it a lot too when I was a youth pastor. It's called Hero. <laughs> oh man. Yeah. Uh, but anyway, if I can I'm think so of it. High. I can't hear heaven. No, no, it's not that one. No. Are you thinking about the one from Super Chick? That's the one. Super Chick. Yeah. Uh, You're by, welcome. By, yeah, thank you. I won't tell her this out loud, but uh, if she paid attention to the podcast episodes, the the little 
headings that I put for the chapters, most playlist catchers, if you just tap on it, it'll advance to that chapter and you don't have to listen to everything before it. (laughs) No, no. I think someone just likes to just ignore the fact that her husband's on a podcast. Yeah, I agree. (laughs) She said, Kelly. Oh, yeah. Kelly listens to it just as much, if not less. Good night. Yeah. I was thinking, fire, fire, (laughs) fire. (laughs) That's a horrible beefus. So, sorry if you're looking up at my nose. That's not quite up your nose. Okay, here we go. So, first thing. Oh, now it's up your nose. (laughs) (laughs) I looked away for a second, I looked back, and there it was. (laughs) There she blows. Oofa. (laughs) 